El Cuerpo de Cuentos, stories from an American in the Dominican Republic. Kevin and I celebrate Christmas. We both grew up in Catholic families and, well, we're American, so it's a pretty big deal for both of us. Before our Peace Corps service, we celebrated Christmas in typical ways familiar to most secular Americans. We decorated with lights and wreaths, exchanged gifts and cookies with friends, went to parties, and spent time with our families. The Dominican Republic is a Catholic country and always has been. About 80% of the population identifies as Catholic, and the rest of the population is mostly evangelical Christian. Like in many other Catholic countries, Easter is the most significant holiday here, but Christmas is a close second. It's celebrated all over the country. It's been difficult being away from our friends, family, and our home culture for nearly two years, and the holidays can be especially challenging. Kevin and I spent Christmas 2016 and Christmas 2017 in our community, and I'm not going to lie, they were both disappointing. This episode is my conversation with Kevin and what it was like being in sight for Christmas and New Year's this past year. You know, it seems like it was a big deal, but not in the way that you would expect. It was celebrated very differently than in the United States, but not like that, oh, they have these unique, different cultural traditions. It's more like they don't do anything really special. Um, the biggest thing uh, around Christmas time is that everyone stops working and all the family comes home. The family comes from Santo Domingo, comes from Santiago, and they come home from abroad. And this is the main Christmas celebration, is just people uh, sharing with their families. Yeah, I'd agree with that, that there's not anything really notable to me that marks this as Christmas or anything special as a celebration, but it has all the Dominican earmarks of like a, of just a Dominican celebration. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of music, um, pretty typically just bachata and merengue, um, played very loud. There's lots of people sharing food together, but Mm -hmm. it's not anything, there's no special dishes. They try to do their most prized dishes. The most notable one would be sancocho, which is like a stew of chicken and pork. Um, and a whole bunch of vivares, which mm-hmm. are their staple foods, like root, the root vegetables, like yuca is the most famous one we know of in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not really that many other sort of like special notable things about it. They, they, they like to drink ponche, which is eggnog, and apples are a thing, and also gumdrops are a thing. But in terms of having a whole separate class of separate dishes, that are only done around the holidays and you have a treasured family recipe for a bunch of different desserts and a bunch of different plates um, that you only do around certain holidays. This is our second Christmas and we didn't see it. Yeah, there was nothing special in that regards. Seeing people getting apples and grapes, that's special. Those are foods that don't grow here on this island and are not accessible here. And you can get apples and grapes most time of the year in the big cities and supermarkets, but they're really expensive. But during Christmas time, people buy and share them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a treat. It's a treat to yeah, have an apple after you know, you know, coming from a state like Michigan, like eating twelve apples over the course of two years. Like you really appreciate those apples. Yeah. Yeah. 
There are a couple of things that do mark the holiday season here, the Christmas, mm-hmm. New Year season, that are really nice and that are definitely traditions and that they're, they're notable as traditions. They just don't feel particularly Christmassy to me. Not mm-hmm. that I expect them to have Christmas traditions like ours, but um, one of them is cleaning the house very thoroughly and painting the houses. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, because a lot of the homes are made out of block, concrete block or wood planks, uh, I don't think I've seen vinyl siding in this country. It's very easy to paint your home. Most homes are pretty small, so it can probably be done pretty cheaply. And because it's not the rainy season and it's nice outside, like um, it's a good time to paint your house. Yeah, I think it's done throughout the entire Caribbean, but it's definitely notable here that people are really into bright colors. And they paint their the exterior of their houses really bright colors. So a really like electric blue or green or cotton candy pink um, are really popular and mix and matching those kinds of colors is really popular too. And it's really nice because you'll see a house that was green one year and the next year they'll just change it pink and the next year it'll be like a bright sunshiny yellow color. Mm-hmm. And they just sort of cycle through it and it's really nice. Last year they actually painted the city park too, which was really nice. Yeah. They, get to get a new, they didn't do it again this year. I guess they didn't have enough money. special things that I think mark Christmas. A lot of people where we're from in the U.S. don't necessarily know this, but but poinsettias are a traditional Christmas flower for those of us in the U.S. and the Mm -hmm. North too, but they actually grow here. Not necessarily wild, but people cultivate them in their backyards Mm -hmm. as as just, you know, flowering plants that they have, and they come into bloom this time of year. So in a lot of people's yards, there's just these really beautiful red poinsettias, and that's really nice. Something that's really noticeable about that, or just notable, that's interesting to me, is they call them La Flor de Pascua. And uh, when I took high school Spanish, I remember the word Pascua means Easter, but here they actually call Christmas the time of Pascua. Um, I looked this up because I thought it might have been one of those like strange Caribbean Spanish things, but it turns out that it, there's a number of Latin, uh, a number of Spanish-speaking countries that they say Pascua can be any of the major Christian holidays. So they use that for Christmas and Easter yeah, here yeah, and do. in Chile and in Spain. Yeah, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, exactly. So that's like a nice special thing that sort of happens around Christmas time. And uh, there's two other sort of things that happen around Christmas time, but I wouldn't call them Christmas uh, Christmas traditions. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, in our region, people drink a lot of ginger tea. Yeah, the land is good for ginger, and since we're up in the mountains, it gets kind of cold. And having a nice tea early in the morning or in the evening, since there's no insulation or heating in the houses, it's really nice. Yeah, and they make it, when I make ginger, homemade ginger tea in the U.S., I just boil ginger root. But here they add other stuff to it. They boil ginger root and also throw in allspice, which is grows in the Caribbean. It's a native plant to here. Lots of sugar. Lots of sugar. But uh, nutmeg and cinnamon and things like that that we, I think, normally associate as sort of Christmassy flavors. Yeah, it's, I, would, I would call the ginger tea pretty Christmassy tasting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's not really Christmas. They just start making it when the weather gets cold and the ginger is in season. So it starts showing up around October. We're going to keep drinking it until, I don't know, the end of February or something. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But going along with the ginger tea, there's this really interesting Christmas tradition that we have in our region, and this is definitely a Christmas tradition, and it's not all over the country, and I think it's really cool. It, Do you want to talk about that, Kevin? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, it's most closely related, I guess, to Christmas caroling, um, like if in the United States and England, but it's a form of, it's called La Arandela, and it's a song you sing. Uh, when you go door-to-door around town looking for ingredients to make the ginger tea. Uh, the main difference, I would say, is that like the people who do it are usually pretty drunk and that they do it at like 4 o'clock in the morning and they do it, yeah, in the dark of night. Yeah. So the, the first year we had Christmas, we just... And, oh, and they do it while beating a giant drum. Yeah, there's like <laughs> there's like at least one giant drum. There's like an accordion. There's some kind of like homemade recorder, flute type thing. Kind of like a kazoo. Yeah, and... I mean it is a fun, upbeat song. Yeah, uh, I have a recording of it that I'll dig up and play. First of all, we probably weren't sleeping that well if, if the discotheque was going all night, like it does during the Christmas time. But so around three or four in the morning, we were we just woke up, and there was just this racket going on. We had no idea. And then the next day, it happened again. And so we asked somebody about it, and they told us about this tradition. And this year, I'm pleased to say that they actually came to our house. Yeah. So it, it was really fun. So they, what they do is they go around the whole town beating the drum, singing the song, and they'll pick somebody's house. And they usually go to a handful of the houses, or a handful of houses. Each night they do this thing. And um, so they come and they sing this song, but they'll sing it to you. They'll come in front of your house and they'll be like, Call your name and, and... And if they can, work your name into the song and sing something about you. I don't remember what they said to us, but, like, our friend, uh, Rafaela, like, she, she was so pleased because they... they, they she's a teacher, in, which in Spanish is profesor. They rhyme profesor with some other word that said ora, and uh, she was really happy about that. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. Um, even when they don't, just to be clear, even when they're not targeting your house for whatever reason, um, it is just so loud. You can hear it when it's five houses down the block because, I mean, it is like, a, it's a small group usually, but it would be like if a marching band came walking down your street or like showed up on your front porch at you know, three o'clock in the morning. It's yeah. the, you, everybody wakes up. Yeah, and so this was our second year, so we knew what it was, but when they were on our front porch, like, we didn't know exactly what to do. And, like, I think that they didn't, they hadn't expected that they would have to explain it to us. I was like, do you guys need something? And I was trying to be friendly about it because I know I was supposed to give them something and that they would, so I wanted them to ask me for it. And they just kind of blinked at me a little bit. And so then I gave them some pesos 
and it gave them actually a big hunk of ginger root. Yeah. And they took it, and so that seemed to be enough. Yeah, yeah. The, the group that came were a bunch of jovenes, it's so like young people that translates to, so basically like high school students more or less, but remember that high school students here can be as old as 25, so you know, like young adult-ish. It was a group of them. They were clearly drunk. Uh, they, yeah. And I think I think we did good. I know our neighbors got hit up the previous night, and they gave them a hundred pesos, which is like somewhere between two and three dollars. And a hundred pesos is a decent amount of money. Like you can feed your family on that for a day, but it's not like real money. It's you know it costs more than that to go it, to the next big town. It's probably enough to buy the spices to make the tea. Exactly. Pesos, yeah. yeah. We gave like around fifty. Fifty and, and plus the ginger. ginger. With the root, I think it was good. Yeah, and ginger is significant. Even though we grow it, it is highly prized and kind of expensive. So it was, mm -hmm. like, nice that we gave them some ginger. Yeah. So that was really fun, and I think that's my favorite Dominican Christmas thing here. That's the favorite thing that's actually Christmas-oriented. Christmas party or the party on Christmas Day that was not anything to do with Jesus Christ. Okay, this is this is really interesting because this isn't this didn't happen last year. This just happened this year. So our host brother, who just turned ten, he turned ten on December eighteenth, and he lives in our community with our host mom, who is actually his grandmother. So our host brother's quote-unquote mother actually lives far away in one of the major cities. Like so many people in their, in their 20s, 30s, and 40s in our town, there's a brain drain that we're experiencing. So the mother couldn't come and visit her son for his birthday, but she could come to town this year for Christmas. So what she did when she came to Christmas this year is that they decided that they were going to have a birthday party for her son while she was in town. So, Kevin, why don't you explain a little bit about this Christmas party, well, Christmas birthday party. It was it was exactly one week after his birthday, and nobody has to work on Christmas Day, so why not celebrate your son's birthday on the birthday of Jesus Christ? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I had so much fun at this party. Me but too. It's just one of those things. I'm not even a Christian. I'm just like, I just wouldn't do that. I, don't, I mean... When we're, when we're growing up, kids who are born on Christmas Day or even around Christmas Day, because we both have siblings that were born on December 17th. Yeah. Like, those kids usually get shafted when it comes <laughs> to, like, you know, normal Christmas activities because what we do for Christmas in the U.S. sort of overshadows the kids' birthdays. So it was really remarkable that they were like, yeah, kids' birthday party on Christmas Day. Well, to be fair, like, gift giving's not a big thing. Like, the traditional gift giving day is... El Dia de los Tres Reyes Magos, the Three Kings Day, which is or, January January sixth. Also known as Epiphany, and I believe that it's January fifth. Okay. <clears throat> but whatever, it's, it, that's why there's twelve days of Christmas. The Three Kings showed up, as the cultural narrative goes. The Three Kings showed up to give their gift to the little baby Jesus twelve days after he was actually born. So twelve days after Christmas Day is the Three Kings Day, okay. and and in a lot of Catholic countries, that's the gift giving day. It's true in Europe too. Specifically, in a lot of Latino countries, also. Yeah. That is the gift giving day. Um, also, though, like our community is pretty poor, so people aren't. Giving a lot of presents in general? I've never seen anybody exchange gifts on Epiphany, Christmas, or like in an, uh, 
like in other countries too, Christmas is not the big holiday feast day. La Noche Buena is. Christmas Eve night is when they have the big dinner. But I don't see a lot of big dinners and I don't see a lot of gift giving. Just I think because of the level of poverty in our community. Yeah, so this thing about having this party on Christmas Day, it wasn't just our, our Dominican family. Like, they invited 40 kids, and they all came. Like, these, I mean, I know there was a mass and I think other church services on Christmas Day, but other than that, everybody was available, and nobody seemed to think there was a problem in having a child's birthday party on December 25th. And so um, 40 children came. We were part of the setup crew. And it was a lot of fun, but it was just a regular birthday party. Like, very well, very much in the spirit of what you'd see in the United States, with a couple very Dominican twists. Yeah, it was like a, the Dominican... Imagine a, a normal kid's big birthday party in the U.S. And so it's, it's pretty similar to that, but with definite Dominican twists. So there was things like birthday cake and balloons and presents, which was really remarkable. And kids got dressed up and refreshments of a sort. But... The balloons, for example, were made into a big arco, like an arc, by the neighbor lady who decorates for people's weddings. So it was like the same kind of treatment that you get at a wedding. Um, it was really cool. I learned how to put together a balloon arc that day. Yeah. Um, and like photos are a really big deal. So they set up like a curtain to sort of like stage the photos. Mm-hmm. Um, they made our brother, Fredois is his name, dress up, but like a Dominican way of dressing up. So it's like... Uh, black tennis shoes that are highlighted red, white, white, white jeans, red, red, red shirt, white, white, white tie. So everything is super matchy, matchy. Um, the little girls came in. The only thing I can describe them as is basically they look like miniature prom dresses, but of really low quality. That's like how the little girls dress up. Mm-hmm. There was some little boy who dressed up in nice clothes, like a nice shirt, but he was wearing like nice shorts. But our host mom sent him home because you can't wear shorts. You have to wear pants. Um, what else? The, the other really Dominican thing about it that struck me is that for the refreshments, there were a few marshmallows, a few gumdrops. Um, and mayonnaise sandwiches. Mayonnaise, mayonnaise sandwiches. That was like the main refreshment. Mayonnaise is a big condiment here. Yeah, People... and a mayonnaise sandwich is like a super fina sort of uh, treat for the kids. Yeah, so we were on the sandwich making crew. We cut off the crusts. We cut the sandwiches into triangles. We put everything in bowls, you know. And it was it was also a very orderly birthday party. The adults were totally in charge. The kids weren't just, like, permitted just to mingle and hang out. There was like, okay, now we're going to do this. Okay, now we're going to do this. Okay, now we're going to do this. I mean, it's been a long time since it's, since I've been to a 10-year-old's birthday party. Probably since I've been 10, you know, since yeah. we don't have children. And mm-hmm. our friends' kids are still younger than that now. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of how birthday parties go in the U.S. They're pretty, like, we're going to play pin the tail on the donkey or whatever. Yeah, they did pinata. They did musical chairs. Yeah. Yeah. They, this was very Dominican. Um, they had a big speaker that was set up, like, on a tripod. I mean, a big speaker that's, like, at least three feet, feet tall. It's the size of a mini fridge. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's a big speaker. And uh, they played they played the jams. They played the birthday music on this big speaker at a loud level with the speaker itself sort of facing into the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just how that's just how the Dominicans do music. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad we participated. And uh, yeah. It was a ton of fun for me too. That really made my Christmas since. Well, it really made my Christmas, and I think it was. Um, the time that I felt most integrated here and yeah. the time that I felt most like my host family 
was really like a family to me and not just like the foreigners who tolerate the other foreigners. I felt really at home being there, sort of like playful arguing with the other people, blowing up balloons back and forth or just sitting there watching them do it no matter what, you know, just sort of jumping in and pitching in and doing it and having them just like hand me stuff and do it and just knowing how the dynamic was going to go between all the people there and what my role was in it. I mean, we were pretty close to everybody and uh, who was involved in the process of setting up and it was fun to watch the interactions of the different personalities and really be part of the team. It was especially nice because last year the holidays kind of sucked. We didn't know what to expect and we didn't do much and I felt pretty left out and I know we were both kind of depressed by the whole experience. Yeah, because we did sort of hang back and we didn't do any of our own Christmas spirit because we wanted to see what the community did without sort of doing our own things first. Um, last, last Christmas was definitely harder than this one. It was rainier. Um, and colder. Yeah. This year we tried to bring the Christmas spirit by like, we you know, you put so much time into looking up cookie recipes and getting ingredients. We made some cookies and we had made sure to like play Christmas music and watch some American Christmas specials so we can have our, like our own little northern style Christmas. But honestly, I mean, I, I, I preferred the birthday party. It was a much more of a special feeling and it was... It felt more real, you know? I totally agree. I mean, in addition to putting up... We put up Christmas lights inside, and we baked cookies. And we like made, we said, made a tree with the little kids. Yeah, we actually made two trees with the little kids. I had, like, this roll of butcher paper, so I, like, rolled it out so it's nine feet long, and we cut out tree. We cut out two trees, and we decorated them and hung them on a lamp post, a, you know, like a street light post, and that was really nice. Um, and Christmas trees aren't a big tradition here, but people know what they are. I'm sure just from like the popular yeah. media, it's a, it's sort of a thing. I really hope that it doesn't catch on because they do not need to cut down any more trees. <laughs> right. But I agree with you. Even though we sort of like brought our own Christmas, it was still kind of depressing. And uh, the birthday party was a highlight of Christmas. And it's, it was kind of a highlight of the month for sure. Definitely, definitely. We actually decided to leave town because (laughs) (laughs) we were like, oh, the Christmas was terrible. We were like, let's get out of here for New Year's. So last year, Kevin and I went to a relatively local beach. I mean, we live high up in the mountains, but we went to the closest coast beach town near to us. And he, you and I just celebrated together a quiet New Year's. Mm -hmm. Um, This year was a special year because your parents came to visit us. They were only our second visitors, and we're 22 months into being in this country. Mm -hmm. Our second visitors, the first one being my friend Joanne, about a year ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're the only family members of either one of our families that are going to be visiting us. Yeah. So it was a pretty special thing, and we were both really looking forward to it, but... We also had another visitor, which was Catherine had a parasite. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it turned out to not be the vacation anybody wanted and definitely not the fun New Year's that it was was a bad beginning to the year. I I had um, a nice opportunity to catch up with my parents and visit and um, 
you know, talk about my experience, but Catherine was mostly in the hotel room by herself. And we made a point to visit and um, hang out and talk, but, like, she was only good for, like, an hour or two before she, like, had to go to sleep. For five or six days, it was like that. So, so the plan for the vacation that we spent a lot of time figuring this out went like this. The parents fly in to one of the major cities. Kevin and I were supposed to show up the, ni- the night before they fly in. Get there, pick them up at the airport, spend one day in the major city, go back to our community for three or four days, and then go to a really nice, not resorty beach town that's actually another Peace Corps site for three or four days, and then take the parents back to the major city and fly them home. But what happened was, is literally when we showed up in the major city... Let's just say Santiago. Okay. Okay. We don't. <laughs> we, not, we don't live there, so yeah. We're you were you know we're not supposed to name where a community is, but we can say we're in Santiago. Yeah. It's the second biggest city. Yeah. We were visiting Santiago. It's my favorite city in the Dominican Republic. It's closer to us than the capital. Yes, so. it's much. I prefer it greatly to the capital. So do I. Yeah, Santiago. So okay, so we show up in Santiago, and thankfully this didn't happen to me when we were on our bus because we're several several hours away from the city. I got, I came down with like a fever and aches and vomiting and diarrhea. I mean, it was terrible. And then I was like that until I think about January 2nd. I had been on the phone with the Peace Corps doctors and they, based on the symptoms, um, they thought it was an amoeba, which is not unusual for people to get here. Um, Through this whole entire process, I realized that a lot of people get amoebas in a lot of parts of the world, but you're usually asymptomatic. But these ones, when you do become symptomatic, if this tells you anything, they used to call it amoebic dysentery. So you can imagine like how severe that illness is. So over the phone, the doctors prescribed me uh, you know, a series of medication to get rid of it. It helped a little bit, good enough to go back to our site for a few days, but then it sort of raged up again. And here I am, 12 days later, just barely getting over it and just barely being able to do anything besides just be in bed. So that was the original timeline was Santiago, big city, one day, couple of days in our community, couple of days at a beach town. But what really happened was Santiago for I don't know five or six days, uh, and then I think I think five days, yeah. Yeah, and then we went to our community. I was good enough to travel. So why don't you talk about that part of the visit? Because I was in bed at home for that. So what was really nice is like we we're still on track to go to the beach if we wanted to, but my folks really wanted to actually see the community where we live and where we do our service. They said the beach is always going to be there. We can always come back. You're not going to live in this community after May. So let's go there. That's what they had come to the country to really to see, in addition to seeing us. So we went, and unfortunately, like, Kat was basically locked up in bed the entire time. And I took uh, my folks around town, and I introduced them to people, and I... We talked a little bit about town history, and people invited us in. We drank coffee. We visited some people. And it rained a whole lot, (laughs) which was like, it rained a lot last Christmas, but this had been like a remarkably sunny Christmas until our second day inside to the point where like, like leaving the hotel outside of town and walking into town, which is a short walk, me and my parents got completely drenched and my mother had been suffering from a cold and I caught that cold now. Yeah. I mean, it was not an ideal vacation for anybody. Yeah. But so I missed all of the interactions with our community that your parents had because we 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 weren't 
we weren't staying in our house. We were staying in this little hotel that our community happens to have. It's like an eco-lodge that's like a 20-minute walk outside of a town up a hill. Um, so that's where I was the whole entire time. We were there in our community. But what did you guys do? You said you walked around and talked to parent people. But how was your parents' reaction to our community and everything? I mean, they liked it. My parent, parent, my parents do not speak Spanish, so they were beholden to me to translate and facilitate conversations. Um, they were very struck by how warm and friendly everybody was and how welcoming and how much people seemed to care for us. Like how much people seemed to really authentically like me and how much they, how concerned they were when they heard that you were not well. And they could t- they seemed, my parents commented that uh, we really seemed to live there and really be part of the community, which was nice to hear. Um, my mom said that even just in her short time there, like she got a little perspective on things, you know, like we spent the most of the, most of our time of the, so most of the social time we spent was with our host family. And so, um, not that she got to know them super well, but she did get to see a little bit of their lives. And she said, you know, this isn't that different. This is just people making dinner with their family and they're sharing each other's company. And that's what's important to them. And it's nice to know that people are the same all over the world. Yeah. When we were talking to your parents before they left for the airport on their last night here, I think your parents were a little bit surprised by, to use the word that your dad used, the modesty of the houses Mm -hmm. and the ways in which people lived. I don't think that they were fully prepared for that. But I think that they were prepared um, based on things that we told them for the food and for transportation and for other things that might otherwise be uncomfortable to middle-class, middle-aged parents who have never really traveled internationally before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to say, both of your parents were super troopers. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a stupid movie, isn't it? But I mean, I was so impressed with how well and good humored both your parents were through the whole entire ideal mm-hmm. ordeal um not that the vacation was an ordeal but i mean it really went from the plans really changed because of the illnesses and not just me feeling well uh and not just me being sick but your mom having a pretty nasty cold and then mm-hmm. you getting it too and then the weather the way it was um i mean i never heard your dad complain once Mm-hmm. And there were some pretty not pleasant moments on this. Um, like, for example, on the way out of town, your mom and I got to sit in the front of the pickup truck, but you and your dad were in the back and got rained on for two hours while we went to our major transportation hub. It, I never never breathed a word of complaint. And your mom was so sweet, and she really made an effort to communicate and spoke the little bit of Spanish that she knew. She did. It was and, great. Yeah, and with Dominicans and Dominican culture, it's a super forgiving culture, and they're very warm and very friendly. So it goes such a long way here of you trying to communicate and trying to speak mm-hmm. Spanish. They don't care that your accent is terrible, and they have no idea what you're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just really happy and loving people. So your mom doing that, I think, really went very far. You yeah, know? I mean... I think that they were really looking forward to it and they were very open-minded about it. And I think they did a good job of um, representing how Americans are. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. I think, I think they did. Kevin and I talked about the epiphany in this episode and I had the wrong date. I have a brother with a birthday the day before the epiphany, and I often get the dates confused. So, a correction. 
The Epiphany is celebrated January 6th, and I'd like to wish a happy belated January 5th birthday to my brother John. Thanks for listening to El Corpo de Cuentos. You can find more episodes on SoundCloud or any place you listen to podcasts.